With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, Night Nation. I'm Trey Strelko from the Sons of UCF, joined by Eric Lopez of the Black and Gold Banner. Welcome to Around the Kingdom. ELO, UCF, it's a football school. You're right. It's a football school uh, with a U. That's number one. Historic show, Trace. We're going to be the first UCF show ever to break down the number one ranked UCF Knights. I said it. It's true. Stick around to find out more. That's right, Elo. Before we get going, let's welcome in the third member of this team, Adam Eaton from the Sons of UCF, keeping his eyes on the clock and keeping us on our toes. Adam, hello. Greetings, gentlemen. I don't know which one of you will win tonight, but rest assured, there may be some moral victories. <laughs> oh, Is there a parade, too, for the winner? Hold on, hold Maybe. on. I got to get my IV here. Hold on. All right, I'm ready. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> Just cause. All right, thank you, Adam. Agony of defeat, Elo. UCF falls at number six, Oklahoma, 31-29. What went wrong? Apparently health. We had a bunch of 12 players supposedly got an IV under the weather. Health. Trace, what kind of people, uh, what's going on in Oklahoma there? Getting under, a little under the weather. But. Not 100%. And then offensively, they didn't get a chance to put away Oklahoma. We're, we're in that third quarter in the second half, and certainly some interesting play calling, which I'm sure will be brought up, Trace. But that's, you know, the little things kind of make the difference. And unfortunately for the Knights, uh, it's a script we're very familiar with, Trace. Can't finish, right? That uh, is the familiar script. I remember when George O'Leary said that most games turn on five or six plays, and you could identify those in this game, right? Let's go right to the end, though, the two-point conversion, uh, the failed attempt. Hey, let's take the quarterback who just drove the team down the field, uh, off the field, and uh, let's put in a wide receiver. That's something Gus Malzahn likes to do, converting a wide receiver into a quarterback, and that's a failed two-point conversion. Head-scratching play. Uh, I asked that both of Coach uh, Malzahn and Offensive Coordinator Darren Hinshaw. And, you know, they said, hey, when it works, you're not asking about it. But when it doesn't work, uh, you want to know why. It didn't work. And that is what we wanted to know. The head-scratching uh, decision there, but no guarantee the Knights close out, even if they are able to convert those two. First of all, Gus addressed it as you asked. It was a fair question. So if you're Keeping tallies here on Around the Kingdom throughout the year. It's two to one in favor of fair questions if Trace has asked Coach Malzahn versus one unfair question. We'll keep track throughout the rest of the year. Look, we're going to focus on that two-point play, and I get it. I don't disagree with it. My issue was the third quarter. You get the interception. You get it in Oklahoma territory. You got a chance to go up here two scores. 
You run the ball on third down. You settle for the field goal. The argument is, hey, you want to get points off the turnover. Okay. Next next time they have the ball right at Oklahoma territory, third down. They run the ball again, Trace. They didn't put them away. They settled for field goals, and you're not going to win at number six on the road settling for field goals. It's weird because they tried all these trick plays, and yet they were conservative in a moment in that third quarter where they could have put the game away. Kind of lost now, not only with that, but the two-point conversion failure is how slow they started out. They caught a break with the missed field goals from Oklahoma, but did nothing in that first quarter, and then some poor punts. Uh, you know, kept your defense in a, in a shorter field. And they played well, but uh, the first quarter did not start us strong. Credit to them. They kept moving forward, trying to establish the running game, but they were ineffective early. And, hey, it's a 60-minute game for a reason. It's four quarters, and they didn't put together 60 minutes. And you have to do that uh, if you're going to win on the road at, at number six, Oklahoma. Yeah, I mean, that's the bottom line with the story of the game there. And I don't want to hear about officiating. I mean, good Lord. Dana Hogerson has a gripe. He got a ball spotted. It was supposed to be in the nine-yard line that cost him the Texas game. Could have been first and goal. So I don't want to hear about, you know, any officiating as far as UCF's losing. But, hey, we covered the spread, Trace, so we should be happy there. But still stings. When you lose close, it's a heartbreaker, tough one. What if this play? What if this call's made? The question, Trace, which loss hurts more? This Oklahoma loss, which you were at, or the Baylor loss at home? where you were at <laughs> where I was at I've seen a lot of painful losses in person so far this season <laughs> Milo uh it's still the Baylor game you know they're three and four right now they'd be four and three that was a game well in hand uh you have it as most fans do as one of the worst if not worst losses in program history not much was expected of them at Oklahoma um so uh, that one was chalked up as a loss would have been an upset with a win However, winning the Oklahoma game might have canceled out that Baylor loss, right? Puts them back on the, the plus side of things at four and three. Uh, I know a lot of fans say, oh, nine wins, 10 wins, conference championship game, bowl eligibility, which they're still chasing amidst what is now a four game losing streak, still towards the bottom of the Big 12, not a Big 12 win in the column yet. But the Baylor game was a tone setter, and uh, they still have not turned it around since then, even though this was a better performance. Yeah, I mean, the Baylor, you lose a 28-point lead late in the third, 25. I mean, you don't see that every week, whereas the, you know, the Oklahoma game, you kind of let them hang. But I feel like I argue that the Oklahoma game is more frustrating loss because you had opportunities there, and you just didn't close the door. You didn't take advantage of it, and in some ways – you know, John Rice Plumley, you took the ball away from his hands in the quarterback, which is very bizarre. And I think that's a hard one for some fans to kind of swallow there a little bit. That's the thing that's frustrating. And But then again, Trace, you and I, I mean, you've been watching UCF games since the 90s, and I've been going to UCF games since 98. This kind of was like a throwback to the early days of the late 90s, 2000, where you're just that close, but you're just something coming happens, you know. Oh. <laughs> that is UCF football. I know. I told some of the young people on that. But they did lose by just two, 31-29, nearly three touchdown underdogs. So some things went right. What stands out to you? What were your favorite moments from the UCF performance? Well, let's start with the defense. Uh, they played with passion. They played with aggressiveness. 
Uh, I'd like some of the adjustments they made. You saw the secondary involved on the running plays. They shut down Oklahoma's running game. The defensive front was not pushed around. I thought Hunter played his best game as a night, arguably. Brash was good. I'm not, the, where was this defense? Trace, where were they before? That's kind of the thing. Hopefully, that, that's something that can continue. So I like the defense there to start. I thought that was very encouraging. And encouraging in that is the move of defensive coordinator Addison Williams from up in the box to down on the field. He, Coach Malzahn, players talked about the difference it made, more energy, more opportunities to coach up the guys and interact with the guys. That's a situation that's going to remain permanent. So they are sort of learning as the season goes along here. So you'd have to say that that was a positive for Addison Williams. Offensively, hey, how about R.J. Harvey? Kept plugging away. Uh, what, 20-some carries in this game, throw back to, you know, Isaiah Bowser and pound the ball, and they didn't give up on the running game. They established some good things, so I think that was a positive uh, from the offense. This team punched back. You mentioned it earlier. Oklahoma could have easily been up two scores early and missed a couple field goals, but kind of dominated early the UCF offense, did Oklahoma's front. But UCF hung in there and made plays. I thought that was encouraging because they didn't punch back against Kansas and they didn't punch back in the fourth quarter against Baylor. I thought that was a very positive that I liked a lot. Well, and we've talked about it. What is the mental toughness of this team? And they could certainly collapse it. Hey, you don't win homecoming at home against West Virginia, extending your losing streak to five games. And you wonder, then does the team begin to tear apart? But you haven't seen that yet. Let me throw out another positive the return of Colton Boomer and missed a couple of kicks. You know, there's certainly the big performance at Boise State, but he came up with some clutch kicks in this game. Certainly offset some of the struggles from punter Mitch McCarthy. So a strong game from Colton Boomer. A great Oklahoma. Trust me, I was watching the game on a watch-along with an Oklahoma friend. He's like, why don't we have a kicker like him? Because <laughs> their Oklahoma kicker was not very good. Uh, how about John Rice Plumley from the standpoint? Two games this year, Trace. With the game on the line, he leads him into a, a late drive in the last possession of the game against Boise State, leads him to the game-winning field goal, and then Oklahoma leads him into a touchdown on a fourth down, gave him an opportunity for a two-point play. Say what you will, that's pretty clutch of a quarterback. I don't think Timmy McClain could have done that. Uh, and John Rice looked pretty good. Uh, maybe he's not 100% healthy for various reasons, but I thought he hung in there pretty well. Yeah, let me credit him as well. You know, we're still waiting to see that complete dominating game from him when we have seen him, uh, you know, the, the performance at Boise State. Imagine now if he had been healthier in this game, right, not only from the, the leg standpoint, the knee standpoint, but as well just uh, physical health, dealing with a, a, vi a virus, the flu or whatever, what his performance would have been. More importantly, we covered the spread trace, which is important. I'm trying to chase down UCF Mike. We're both in the – high up there in the rankings in the poll tracker. I couldn't find you, though. I don't know where you're at. <laughs> anyway. uh, but I mentioned they cover Mr. Trace Trelko. You were there. There was a lot of positivity, energy there. Hey, you know, columns locally in the Orlando Sunday, you know, they lost the game, but earned my respect back. I mean, is this a moral victory for this team? Well, you mentioned the throwbacks to the 90s and 2000s when moral victories were all the rage at UCF, right? I don't know if I am ready to buy into it was a moral victory unless they carry it over into a win against West Virginia. That Then I'm willing to believe that it meant more. So I'm not willing to chalk it up to that. By the way, since we're talking about moral victories, right, I guess the video team 
not able to do any night flicks because they don't win any games the last wow. week or so, is Woo. out producing videos of We Came Close. Wow. <laughs> Nothing screams moral victory more than a minute and a half video of, hey, we almost won. <laughs> so wow. UCF certainly declaring it. For everyone that said players and coaches, not a moral victory, I don't know. It certainly felt like part of those responses were it was also a positive that they can take away. Maybe their best game even in defeat this season, right? I agree. First of all, that I know that the Major League Baseball World Series starts this upcoming week, and if anybody needs a, a reliever, call Trace Trelko. He's throwing high heat right now. Call it out the video crew. My goodness. Well, what uh, else are they going to do? I mean, there's no Netflix. They're saving on the Netflix budget. Wow. Wow. Hey, Trace Trelko, everybody. Making friends. Uh, okay. I'm supposed to respond to that. I'm looking at the standings. They don't give you extra credit for moral victories. This ain't the NHL where you get extra points because you go to overtime and lose on a shootout. It's an encouraging performance, but isn't that what we want? Don't you kind of lose the whole moral victory card in football when you now enter the big conferences? You know, it's one thing when you're an independent, you're a big underdog, or even a CUSA, but you're now a big boy now. Or moral victories, I don't know if they exist with big boys anymore against big boys. Remember, losing at Nebraska 20-plus years ago produced T-shirts. No T-shirts saying we lost by two at Oklahoma. So uh, maybe not entirely a moral victory. But overall, again, I think they've got to carry it in to West Virginia. No easy task. There are no easy games. When you've lost four straight, you haven't won in the Big 12 yet, get a win. Get a win. And Malzahn and others are saying there's still uh, weeks left in this season, games to be played. We're still a great team. Prove it. Carry it over. It Here's the deal. If, let's say, they win out or win almost win all their games except one game, that night flicks you're calling out, they're going to do the footage from that last clip in Oklahoma. It's like, this was the turning point. That's the narration. It's perfect. It's Hollywood. It goes there. But to your point, you got to prove it on the field. If you struggle here down the stretch against the West Virginia team that's probably going to fire their coach here in the next few weeks, uh, what, what did you really accomplish against Oklahoma instead, instead of all you did was more heartbreak? So, to your point. Man, get off the video crew, Trey. I love the video crew. I'm just saying they haven't been that busy the last couple of weeks. Wow. <laughs> haven't had as much to do, Elo. All right, let's bring back in Adam. Time for a little silly game. Yeah, before we do that, I loved Sultry Spirit, Trace. You love the video crew. I love me some booze, and that's where you can get <laughs> Sultry Spirit involved in your life. They will take your party to the next level. Their bartenders specialize in creative twists on cocktail classics. Every sip is unforgettable. They are a mobile bartending service. They meet all of your needs. If you've got a party, a corporate event, drowning your sorrows after another UCF football loss, their bartenders will shake up the perfect drinks to keep the good time flowing. You follow them on Instagram at the Sultry Spirit, or you can reach out to them at 941-567-7062 and for a limited time only if you call them and you book them you're going to get 10 percent off if you tell them that you heard about them from sons of ucf and around the kingdom and they'll even throw in a special gift make sure you have our uh, tell our friend miles we say hello when you reach out on 941-567-7062 again that is the sultry spirit all right my friends today's game multiple choice Got a question, and I will give you multiple choice answers. And simple, all you gotta do is, is pick a pick a, an answer. Trace, I'm gonna start with you this time. I will start with Eric. I'm gonna switch up. I'm going Trace wow. here. I like listening to Eric's answers. I, I can think of I whatever you get, I want to go with this. All right, put me on the spot. All right, so obviously we're on a bit of a losing streak, and with that could come some some problems. So, which of these things are you more concerned about, Trace? A 
current players transferring at the end of the year, B, losing committed recruits, C, neither, or D, both? D, all of the above. If they continue in a tailspin, and by the way, we're going to lose some guys. It's just the, the nature of the beast on this. It's the recruits I'm more concerned about because that is your future. But D, both. I'm worried, I'm worried we're going to lose video people. Going to get out of here. Wait, Trey's going after him. I'm going to go see neither. Overreaction. Recruits always will come no matter what. Because if, if the team's losing, that means more opportunities to play. If they're successful, great environment. And the transfers are going to happen, like you said, anyway. I think it's neither. I don't think it's impacted by what happens the rest of the way or the exclusive chance. All right, Eric Lopez, I'll go to you now. You are now the new UCF offensive coordinator. It is 31-29. You have a chance to call a two-point play, Eric. Do you A, have a JRP throw, B, JRP run, C, RJ Harvey run, or D, other? Oh, I will go other. I would go a JRP run pass option. Move him around and give him the option to either run or throw it. Uh, and that, but it's got to be in his hands. Offensive coordinator Trace Trelko, throw, run, RJ Harvey, or other. I'm more looking forward to asking a question of offensive coordinator Eric Lopez <laughs> at the podium <laughs> on a Sunday night <laughs> defending his decision. Um, in that scenario, do I get a healthy John Rice Plumley? Uh, the John Rice Plumley you had on Saturday, the one we had on Saturday. I like him running the ball in in that scenario. Uh, I would have had him run. All right. Dylan Gabriel obviously played uh, against UCF, and that was interesting. After after the game, you saw some guys hugging everybody. Trace, let's go to you. Multiple choice. Where are you on Dylan Gabriel? A, you're rooting for him the rest of the way. B, you're rooting against him. C, you don't care. Or D, other. I don't care. I don't care. I, I have found myself never rooting for him since he's left. I, I fall into the UCF Mike camp on this one. Once they're gone, eh, heck with them. Uh, so I, I'm not going to root against them, uh, but I don't really care. Eric, for, against, don't care, other. Against, yes. By the way, was I the only one that had a flashback when the interception that third quarter on the ricochet? I'm like, oh, that would be ironic if it was a pick six. That was kind of his last uh, throw of significance at UCF. That would have been interesting. I mean, nothing personal. I don't wish any harm or whatever, but. Uh, I think they're going to lose a couple times, and I, I don't think that's a bad thing necessarily. All right, last one, the fun, the spicy question. Eric, you're going to go first on this one. Obviously, UCF's got some work to do if they want to go to a bowl game. We not, I don't know where we're going to slot in now with the, the win total. So which of these matchups would be spicier that you would want to see, Eric? A, Fresno State. B, Miami. C, Florida. Or D, the Cows. Which bowl matchup? Cows could get into a bowl. They could get into a bowl. Uh, uh I'm gonna go Miami. We haven't played them in a while. Florida, we just played them a couple of years ago. Miami's, I think, is pretty good. That could be a fun little bowl game. Trace, not the Gators. Gonna see them uh, in the, the 2024 season. Fresno State, just because of the intrigue at the quarterback position. There's another UCF Fresno show that'd be all over that game. I'll tell you. That. Yeah, so I'd say Fresno State. All right, well, let's see what happens uh, when we get there, friends. we got a lot of games to win. Gus is talking about running the table. Let's just win a game first, Gus. Just win a game. Leave the tables alone. Yeah. All right, thank you, Adam. See you in a bit. All right, back on JRP, JRP ELO. Best performance, most gutsy performance. How do you rank this in his tenure 
at UCF, even in defeat, leads them down the field at the end there for what could have been a game-tying uh, situation. Uh, they get the touchdown but not able to get that two-point conversion. Where do you rank that performance? Don't think it's his best performance, obviously. I think the, the performance that would be signature as far as quality of performance would be the Tulane regular season game where he just literally ran all over them. Uh, but I think this is the gutsiest game in a lot of ways, whether, you know, I think the guy should get a lot of the UCF fans' respect. He missed the ABC meetings, apparently, uh, the day before. He didn't miss meetings. He was sick. Uh, a lot of guys would have tapped out there. He did not. And he played well. He gave him a chance to win. He drove him down at the end of the game and converted on a fourth down play and gave him a chance to tie and send that game to overtime. I think in a lot of ways he canceled out Dylan Gabriel, maybe even outperformed the out really had much more guts than Dylan Gabriel did. I think no matter where this shakes out with John Rice Plumley, you're going to recognize that this guy plays with intensity and in all of his heart, right? He motivates the rest of his teammates, certainly makes some questionable decisions, throwing the ball, putting his body in harm's way, and uh, and even the decision that uh, he start over Mikey Keene, controversial in that locker room, right, for some. But you can't say that the guy doesn't have passion for the game and put himself out there, and he certainly didn't feel well. And I know people are going to say, that's excuses for the reasons that they lost. It's still real, though, right? It's still he missed meetings. It's still he had IVs. It's still he slept all through Friday, right, trying to recover. And he he looked terrible post game, right? He looked completely drained. It was hot out there. And imagine playing the game of football. He gave a gutsy performance. Even in defeat, I think people are going to remember uh, what they saw. Well, think about the last three games. He got hurt in the Boise State game. He stayed out there for the last snap for the field goal. Uh, you look at, you know, the situation there against the Kansas. He tries out there. He plays. I think clearly not healthy. The guy wants to play. He doesn't, doesn't cheat. He will not cheat you as far as having an effort standpoint there on the field. You got to respect that of a nightmare. That's all you can ask. Even if you don't get the best quality performances. But it was an encouraging performance against Oklahoma. Gus Malzone's talking about this is the real UCF team moving forward. We're going to finish strong. Trace is a man who has got plane tickets ready to go to Cincinnati and your favorite city of Lubbock, Texas, coming as well as the home games. Are you encouraged or discouraged now more or less than based on the OU game? I, I guess slightly encouraged, but I don't know what team we're going to see here. I mean, I've been hearing Gus Malzahn say we've turned a corner for several weeks now, as Adam just said, win a game. And then we can talk about running the table, string together two wins. You can't do that without a win. Yes, I was encouraged by what I saw. They also had two weeks to prepare for this game, and they don't have two weeks to prepare for West Virginia. West Virginia runs the ball well. West Virginia controls the clock. These are things that have not been good to UCF. So let's see it now. An opponent, your favored touchdown or so over. So this isn't a road game. This isn't close. This is homecoming. This is home. Win a game, and then I will be encouraged by what I saw. Just win, baby, and we're on the bandwagon. Look, I'm encouraged. You know why I'm encouraged? Because I saw difference, a difference with this defense, a different uh, scheme, different attitude, different uh, emotion. I know that doesn't carry over, but I do think they may have found some answers in the bye week that could pay for uh, and move forward. And that was the best team they're going to see all year, scheme-wise. Like, West Virginia has no defense. Uh, there's winnable games. Cincinnati might be the worst team in the league. Houston, who knows? I'm not saying they're running the table or anything like that, but I do think they're going to play better here down the stretch. And look, we know the math. They win three of those games. They're bowl eligible. And 
I know that's what they're going to shoot for. So I feel much more encouraged than I did prior to the Oklahoma game. All right. You said it right there. Moving on to the Big 12. It's still, right, Oklahoma in the driver's seat, but we're in that final stretch run now. What are your thoughts? Who do you think shakes out? Do you see Texas in there? Maybe a question at quarterback now. Kansas State, we talked about them as three. What well, we do know, right, going to be upsets along the way. Teams that we thought weren't doing as well. By the way, I had to laugh at Gus Malzahn. I said, West Virginia was, uh, you know, they're not in last. I'm thinking, yeah, which team Which team is towards the bottom? You're giving West Virginia credit for getting out of the basement. You know who's replaced them down there. Anyway, uh, wow. competitive league, it's exciting to watch these games week in and week out. I think Oklahoma and Texas are both very vulnerable. Oklahoma, Texas more so. Oklahoma, I think, is going to lose one of these next two games, either at Kansas if Daniels actually plays for Kansas, and then you got the last bedlam scheduled in a couple of weeks. Oklahoma cannot run the ball. They cannot run the ball at all. I don't think you can win out without a running game. And Texas lost their quarterback with an injury in yours for a while, so they got to play their backup two weeks from now. They play Kansas State. I think Kansas State beats them. And if that's the case, Texas might be out of the Big 12 race, and it might be Oklahoma State or Kansas State that enter that room. So I think the race is a little more open, at least in the Texas slot. To about six teams, would you say? About four to six teams that are in the mix there? Yeah. Could have been us if we had held the Baylor lead. But, um, you know, it is what it is. But I do think Oklahoma State's interesting. Right, We kind of buried them earlier when they lost to South Alabama. They have figured some things out. They come here. The good news for UCF is they played Bedlam the week before, so maybe there's a hangover there. But UCF might be the spoiler in all this. They could determine whether Oklahoma State stays in the race or not. We shall see. But I I don't think this Big 12 race is uh, far over. Texas was lucky against Houston. That was a terrible officiated uh, spot. One of the worst. Tim Brando lost his mind on the telecast. Houston seems to be getting better. Who knows? Which, of course, does beg the question, uh, the best of the the new four, UCF not in contention for that, and Cincinnati not. BYU uh, a little bit stronger uh, down the the last couple of weeks. So uh, a lot of football still left to be played. It is an interesting league. It took me a couple weeks, what about you, Elo, to stop paying attention to the AAC as much and really start to focus in on Big 12 matchups that I might not normally as paid uh, as much attention to. Who? What are you talking about? What? America? Who's it? What? I don't even know what you're talking about. I don't know what league you're talking about. I've been all in on the Big 12 since day one, my friend. I I don't miss those Thursday, Friday. I don't even recognize some of the teams that are playing on the Thursday, Friday. What? East Carolina's playing who? Like what? Rice! (laughs) North Texas? All right, good luck. Good luck to all of you there. Cows apparently are bullet. Can be a bowl? Wow. A couple more wins they're going to need. Man, that's pretty bad. Ooh. All right. Of course, we've buried the lead trace. The Olympic sports. <laughs> biggest story, historic coming out on Tuesday. UCF men's soccer voted number one in the United Soccer Poll. The first UCF team in any sport to be ranked in a poll during the season ever. Number one for men's soccer. The reward? Well, they'll be without their starting goalie, Juan V. Munoz, who got a red card in the win over South Carolina this Friday against Georgia State. Volleyball made their national ESPN debut. Big numbers. Unfortunately, they got swept by Baylor in both. Have a pivotal match against TCU. And then women's soccer losing on Monday night against BYU. They're the sixth seed in the Big 12 tournament in Round Rock, Texas. They will play TCU on next Monday night. Are you ready for some Monday night soccer trades? Obviously, the big story. UCF, number one in the country men's soccer. 
Yeah, credit to you, Elo, on one of our early shows. may have been the first one. You thought between men's and women's soccer, men's soccer had a better opportunity to win. Now, hey, they got to close out. As you mentioned, they don't have their goalkeeper, Juan V. Munoz, for the next match. So uh, they still have matches to play. They have the Sunbelt Conference tournament. But, hey, this is a heck of a moment for the university, for the number one ranking uh, credit to Scott Calabrese. This is a complete team. We've been talking about them all season. You like the defense that they play. They're fun to watch on offense. Uh, credit to them. Congratulations to them. But hey, they're no longer hunters. They're the hunted uh, when you're number one, and they now have to defend that position. I have an article column out on blackandgoldbanneret.com about the rise of UCF men's soccer. You realize this, Trace. They're currently in the top 35 in a lot of defensive categories. They've only been in the top 50 in goals allowed average once in the Calabrese era. That was his second year in 2018. Every other year. Last year, for example, they were ranked 127. That's the difference in this team. This team is still scoring. They're in the top 15 in goal scoring. It's the defense with Munoz and the back line, the depth there, that has been the difference for this program. And it's why they are the num- they were a number two seed in the by the committee on Friday night. That's even more important because the top four seeds for the upcoming NCAA tournament would get all, pretty much host all the way till the College Cup in Louisville. So that's big. Plus, Marshall lost a couple times. UCF, if they win out, win the Sun Belt and would be the one seed in the tournament. So a lot is it to play for for Scott Calabrese and UCF soccer. But a slip up, and hey, you're going to tumble from that number one perch. Uh, good luck to all three of these uh, sports down the stretch. Let's bring, bring back in Adam. Uh, what did we get right? What did we get wrong? Give us a little facts and knowledge out. You guys were talking about Oklahoma UCF not finishing. Four of 16 on third down was UCF. You're not going to win many games when you're four of 16 on third down. Trace, you mentioned punting woes. Mitch McCarthy, 39 yards per punt average. Oklahoma's punter had a 52-yard uh, average. So just some comparables there. I heard somebody wants a, uh, an update on the pool tracker. Here we go. UCF Mike is in first place with uh, with 38. He's ninth overall. Eric, you're right behind. Mike, you have 38 as well, but Diepreakers put you in 14. Adam has 32 points. That's 74 overall. And Trace has 31 points. That's 86 overall. So Mike and Eric both with 38. Uh, some time left on the clock. We'll see what happens there. Uh, things that went well. Uh, you both left out Randy Pittman. I thought Randy Pittman had a really good game. A couple good catches. Uh, maybe we see him more on offense. You're talking about the Big 12 BYU. 5-2 and two overall. 2-2 two and two in the Big 12. And the final five games for UCF. ESPN's matchup predictor has UCF winning four of the five games. West Virginia, Cincy, Oklahoma State, and Houston. The only projected loss... Texas Tech, Trace. Wow. What? Trace, what is this? This Trey created the SBN uh, system there? What you might as well. I don't know if this math is true, but what are you going to do? <laughs> All right. Thank you, Adam. Happy homecoming, everybody. Spirit Splash on Friday. Hey, by the way, Elo, do you got one of these? This is an old one. Uh, wow. Old no. no one of my prized sh- possessions given to me. I, I was not out there diving for one, so I, I appreciate that uh, souvenir. And then Shaq. <laughs> Who is on duty waking Shaq up, making sure he gets out there uh, for his DJ spinning? You're going to be out there? I'm going to be out there in my Miami Heat Shaq jersey. Going to be there, Trace? Are you really? You're going to be out there? Shaq Shaq Fu, baby. 10 a.m. Let's go. (laughs) 10 a.m. Rocking things. Uh, So happy homecoming, everybody. As Adam said, as we've said, just get a win. Forget about four and one down the stretch. Run the get Get one. 
and one celebrate. and baby. Go one and oh, Josh. Hyman. A happy homecoming. Look for new episodes midweek, every week uh, on the Sons of UCF YouTube channel. Drop it in the audio feed wherever you get downloadable content as well. We thank Adam. We thank you. And Eric Lopez, thank you, everyone, for being with us for Around the Kingdom. Social Podcast Network. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.